0: To the Crooked Table Podcast, where we discuss the world of film from a fresh angle. And now your host, Robert Yanis Jr. Welcome to the Crooked Table Podcast. This is Rob. On this show, we democratize the film criticism conversation by bringing on fans and critics alike to dig into their personal connection. And honestly, I just want to skip to the fact that we're talking about, Harry Potter and the Deadly Hallows Part 2. Finally, if you all knew the journey it took to get to this point, uh, I've been jokingly behind the scenes calling this uh, the Cursed Podcast. And uh, today's guest, Ryan McQuaid, I, I think is totally on board with that nickname. So uh, thank you for braving the curse.
1: Yeah, no, it, it, it's this is the Curse Podcast. It's been a, a, an unexpected journey. Oh, wait, that's a different fantasy franchise. Yes. <laughs> um, but no, we're we're finally here. We're going to talk about it. Um, and thank you for having me back on, Rob.
0: Yeah, of course, of course. So before we get into the Harry Potter franchise as a whole, Ryan, tell people a little bit about who you are and what you're up to and uh, you know, what, what people can look forward to from you in the future.
1: Well, I am uh, a film critic uh, for various places like uh, Awards Watch and Film Speak and Awards Radar, formerly of Awards Circuit. Um, I'm also the associate editor over at In Session Film, and I, I do uh, a a bunch of different articles over there. I'm also uh, the podcast host over there of the Extra Film Podcast uh, with my co-host Jay Ledbetter, where we talk about a lot of small films, indies, or classics uh, that aren't covered on our main show by uh, by JD Durant and Brendan Cassidy. And then I am also the co-host, or uh, I'm also the hosts. Of Chasing in the gold, which is the Oscar podcast over there, which is sort of the roundtable discussion about the Academy Awards, um, and then we have staff members uh, that write pieces alongside myself about it under that same banner too. So basically, I'm like everywhere, Rob, and uh, and uh, and then I've been on this show before. Um, you probably heard the the Phantom Thread episode, Singing in the Rain episode. It's my third appearance and uh i'm very humbled to be on the, the 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 last episode of your series here um talking about uh, a really interesting film um in the the canon that is harry potter
0: yeah it's not only the last one here of the harry potter franchise because i don't count the fantastic beast movies as no films that actually exist i feel like no. most people don't oh. <laughs> No,
1: they don't uh, exist. Those are, just, those are just like Warner Brothers saying, let's waste some money in November.
0: Right, we? exactly.
1: You know, so.
0: <laughs> but for, for me personally, like this has felt like a really strange time to be devoting a whole series to Harry Potter. So the fact that I've made it to the end uh, and that you're willing to come on to talk about it. It's been a little tricky getting a guest for this one. Uh, I don't know why. Because, why would yeah, it, right?
1: why, why would it be why would it be tricky <laughs> uh, to get a guest on in this climate uh, for Harry to Potter? Talk about Harry Potter, yeah. yeah people what?
0: don't want to come what? on
1: and talk about how much they love Harry Potter and how genius the the, the series is, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, but the, it couldn't be because of anybody behind the scenes, the creative of of any of this. It couldn't be because of that, right? No, Daniel Radcliffe didn't do anything to us. I don't understand. Yeah. I think it might be <laughs> time to talk about we've we've been hating on Emma Watson way too much. I mean, like <laughs> this is this is getting out of hand. Sure she is the wink link in Little Women. And sure she wasn't the best Belle. Uh she did auto tune, but like come on, guys. She's She's not the problem in this franchise. Is that what not what we're talking about, Rob? We're not talking about no, no. Only- we're
0: talking about the the Rupert Grant hate train. Right? Oh, that what so it is? why
1: he didn't get his due because he's clearly the best of the trio. That <laughs> makes sense. Why he doesn't have nine Oscars already just for just for playing Ron itself? I mean, it's it's uh, sort of baffling. No, I mean, obviously, Rob, we're talking about uh, she who shall not be named. Even though I mean.
0: Everybody knows who it is yeah and and you pointed out you pointed out uh, that we were recording this on the day that Elliot Page came out as transgender, which is feels strangely right, i guess yeah uh and it's it's <laughs> for this podcast it does <laughs> for this podcast it does as this cursed podcast. I'm like, sure, I mean, <laughs> clearly we're not on she who must not be named side no. and when we when we when sure, I announced this series and when we started it. I mean, the, I was mentioned to you before we started recording. The first guest on the Sorcerer's Stone episode has since come out as non-binary. So clearly, this has the whole conversation with this franchise has changed dramatically over the yeah. course of 2020, and it's become sort of a metaphor for this year itself for me. That I'm like, I just want to crawl out of this. Can I make it to the <laughs> other side? <laughs> Can I get to the end? Um, and it's the fact that I'm here. It's I, I'm like kind of giddy with excitement like oh it's happening it's happening it's happening we're almost done yeah.
1: um <laughs> but, first, but, but first before we continue yeah. just congratulations or we're so proud of Elliot page and in the courage yes. it shows to to come you know to come out and even in this climate where there is a lot more acceptance the world is still a very mean cynical uh, nasty place and for the, the amount of love and outpour that we saw uh, today uh, was extraordinary. I mean, like a million likes on Twitter within five mm. hours. That's extraordinary for any post. Um, and I just pray to God, I do not see tomorrow morning and I wake up across the pond. Meanwhile, across the pond in Britain, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in part of like her tea, and she sees this and she goes, you know, absolutely, you know, ape shit. on on, on this news because every time she tweets, I mean, it makes anyone that likes this franchise cringe at the Mm -hmm. fact that like they have emotional connection and it really is, I think the ultimate test Rob of separating the artist from the art. um, Right. Because of the fact that you and I grew up with this, like not even just the movies, the books, yeah. Uh too. So like it's it's it really just pushes you to a, a limit whenever she just opens up her mouth. And it almost looks well, like she's ruining her own thing and and every time she does.
0: Kind of. And she keeps doubling down on it too. It's it's like she'd say something, and people were like, Ooh, that doesn't come off right. And she's like, Well, here is something worse. And then they're all like, oh, really? Like, learn. Like,
1: you know, it's like, it, it's, it it's feels- like a, it's a hateful lasagna. You know what I mean? Cause you put the first layer <laughs> yeah, down. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then it's you're it's like, hard. okay, come on. Like, you know, you can't continue making a lasagna like this. Like, this is improper at all. You know what I mean? And then she continues to make the same layers only they're terrible and we're, and then you, she serves it to you on a plate and you're like, I am not hungry for this <laughs> whatsoever. Get your hateful, you know, lasagna out of here. And right. yeah, so she's, she's basically the worst Italian chef is what we're saying. In <laughs> yeah, of course, of course,
0: naturally. Um, <laughs> But it's like we're you know we're in the midst of this cancel culture, and I think there's a difference between someone that makes a mistake and tries to do better, and someone that sticks to their guns, digs in their heels, and she's like, no, this is very important to me. This is the hill I will die on, uh, and I feel like that's kind of where people are at with her at this point.
1: Yeah, no, I mean it, it, it's at this it's it's at a just the the worst point. But that doesn't. But then I say that. And I do love this franchise, and I do yeah. love these books, and I and I and I have my connections to it. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I I am excited to talk about this, but I'm also excited for you to sort of put this to bed, so yeah. then you yeah. don't feel it's that it. guilt anymore. Like, yeah, you know, that we all do. I'm like I'm committed to this guy. Committed to this. Stop halfway through. Yeah, because um, like when this started coming out, and I started seeing that your episodes were coming out, I'm like. Oh, man i'm glad i'm glad rob hasn't asked me, and then you asked me and i 'm like oh, i'm not gonna <laughs> leave him cold like i'll I'll help my buddy out, you know what I mean like I'm, but I'm,
0: I'm, but we're I'm, not going to talk about it without addressing the no, uh, no. there's no the transphobic elephant in the room <laughs> yeah, I mean
1: it is it's <laughs> extremely it's growing bigger by the day um, and uh, it's not staring awkward. right at me it's just awkward as hell. Yeah. Um, and because, like I said, we're living in a world where it's both simultaneously, we are at the most uh, uh, tolerant and uh, and most accepting that we've ever been in history. And yet we're still not all the way there because there's still terrible, terrible, terrible things going on out in the world. And, and people that continuously devoid that progress from going forward... And you know you would think, you know with the imagination that this woman has mm-hmm. that she wouldn't also be this stubborn when the the science is there, people's actual feelings are there, like there's a, there's all there's a whole ton of things that you can complain about in these books too of, you know, it just you know, <laughs> I won't even get to what uh, you know the the Asian representation in in the books and stuff and the names for it, which is right. That. But I mean, you know, it's. I feel like we should have also seen this coming, Rob. Like the whole mm. Dumbledore is gay thing, and her not really like laying down the the blueprint for that ever, and just like that. Well, remember, like a couple of years ago, like that was the big headline, like. Breaking news, Dumbledore's gay. And like, you have to comb through every single conversation he's ever had. And it's like, because she's like, it's in the text. It's clear. And you're like, what? No, it's not. (laughs) It's not. No, now you're making this like, um, you're, 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 I mean, great that he is gay. Cool. But you never laid any groundwork for that or never celebrated it in any of your books. Like, you never, you know, now like, in Fantastic Beasts movies, like Grindelwald's, like sort of his boyfriend, I guess. I
0: don't even think from what I've. Heard, I guess I, I saw the first one and was not into it, and then heard bad things about Crimes of Grindelwald that didn't even bother. Um, but it's it, from what I understand, it's not even really that. It's not even really explicitly stated in those movies that Dumbledore's gay. I'm like, this is your chance to do that, and you're still like, yeah, but mm, uh, you. I want credit for uh, having an LGBT main character, but not. Actually, illustrating his LGBT status, which is feels like something she would try and do to get a free pass. Honestly,
1: yeah, I mean, she's. It feels like she's trying to get woke points, and she didn't get them. So right. then she's gone to the other side of the pendulum and be like, "I hate trans people," and you're just like, "Oh my god!" Like, what the hell is going on? So yeah, um, that's Warner Brothers' mess, and they've uh, and they've obviously. Uh, made enough money off of her, and will continue to do it. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to the reboot uh on HBO Max of this in a long form series uh down the road. But until then, I'm just excited to talk about Deathly Hallows Part Two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh,
0: so before we get into the the movie itself, what what are your what is your experience with this franchise? When did you first come across it and uh you know how did you react
1: when the movie started coming out um so i was um a little bit late to the the book game i will i will admit that i think i think when rob like early 90s right early 90s was when the first book came out or like like 90 i think like 97 like 97 so i'm like so i'm like five years old you know what I mean? Um, you know what I mean. I'm already reading at a scholarly level, right? Right, of course. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm getting uh, a scholarship to King's College, right? I shouldn't brag, damn. Yeah, I'm used go. to shit, right? Um, so, um, <laughs> but uh, no, it's. It, it, I was still a little too young to read the books when they first came out, but I think it was around Goblet of Fire, and that was when sort of the movies were announced, right? When like they were already like. Three, movie, three books ahead, the movies were being announced, and then that's what's like, okay, I want all the books. So I got all the books because in my household, which I think should be universal for anyone's household, if a child wants to see the movie that is being adapted from a novel or a kid's book or anything, the parents should oblige them by giving them the book first and telling them they cannot see the movie until they finish the book. Because it that's an advocacy for literacy, everybody, and also yeah. too um then it gives them even more of an emotional attachment to the characters right and that's what my parents did a ton when I was a kid, and it made me sort of really you know invest in sort of adaptating you know novels and um and also finding like Ones that are really good at adapting, but also changing things up, as well as you know, um, <laughs> as well as also too, like completely changing everything and it being for the worst possible reasons. So when it came to Harry Potter, I read all four books in a matter of like a month, like the first four, and I just I I loved them. They they were I was literally always carrying them around, and then the movies came out and i was just i mean it's uh, two events in my life as a child that are so significant are harry potter and lord of the rings because they literally came out the same year the mm-hmm. first the first films in their franchise and i mean those are i think the equivalent of star wars you know the original star wars for for our generation in that you know you'd I mean, it, it's sort of, I remember seeing the first film, um, for both of them, especially seeing, um, seeing Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's Stone, whichever way you prefer, um, in the theater because it was my mom's birthday and these all came out in November for the most part around my mom's birthday. So we would always go to them and I remember being in line because back then, obviously, Rob, there, you don't have uh, tickets in advance, and 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 mm-hmm. if you did have tickets in advance, there's not assigned seats, so you have to get in line an hour in and ahead and wait. Remember, and you had to wait no, in yeah. line and remember know, movie theaters. To, everybody remember remember first when of <laughs> remember, yeah, first of all remember remember popcorn remember sodas <laughs> remember going to the lobby. Yeah. let's all go to the lobby, right? I would love um, to go to the lobby if it were safe to do so. Remember the um, floors being really sticky and you don't know why? Is it candy? <laughs> Is it soda? Is it something else? Like, we'll never know. Um, it's That's the magic of cinema, kids. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, that, that was like way back. And then like two if the movie sold out. It wasn't like, oh, there's another one showing in like 20 minutes or whatever. You right. had to wait an hour. You know what I mean? Uh, you had to wait two hours. You might not even be able to see it that day. You have to buy it for the next day. You know? Um, and, and Rob, if I could just say one more thing. Mm-hmm. My theaters were, I think, the most insane way of, of sort of dividing up a, uh, a, a movie calendar. Because there was an AMC which had twenty-four screens mm-hmm. and a Regal that had about sixteen to eighteen screens, okay, and they were literally a half mile away from each other. Wow. Like you go around the block, you know, take a take a couple lefts and you're there, right? And, or the vice versa, you take a couple of rights and you're there. So what the theater owners, the owners for the AMC and the Regal, would do they would basically do the first ever movie draft where they would divide up the movie calendar. And so you'd go to Lord of the Rings over at the Regal and you would go to Harry Potter at the AMC. And then they would either swap or they would get the same thing the next year. You never knew. Uh-huh. You were not seeing the same theater slates at each one. It was the most fascinating thing I've ever seen in my life. I don't think anyone, I've never talked to anybody that's had that experience. I don't know if you've Yeah, know. I know. I've never no um, not not usually the case. It's kind of a, and it's also like not the best thing for business, right? right. but uh, but it it but I guess it's also too. It's like it, it's sort of like the whole community thing. I don't know. It was a weird thing, and no one's ever explained it to me. <laughs> but it just <laughs> but it worked, and it was crazy, and it was cool. And um, so I mean, I have so much love and great memories from this series. You know, from many series because. These were the the last sort of movies, especially this movie that we're talking about tonight. This was one of the last movies where I had to wait in an actual line to get into the theater like there was not advanced tickets yet, still where you know you could pick your seats out and separate yourself from everybody like like you know when we're in a normal sort of twenty twenty or 2019, I guess you can say, theater experience, right? Yeah, nothing normal so, about 2020. I was nothing say. normal about 2020. Um, but yeah, I mean, so that's why I, I, even though I'm not a fan of all the Harry Potter films, uh, because of adaptation purposes and uh, also filmmaking choices, um, they hold such reverence because of the fact that they are the franchise of my childhood. Long story. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and that's, that's why before, <laughs> before it seemed like a really bad idea. That's why I decided to talk about Harry Potter movies on this podcast. Cause last year we did star Wars and I was like, well, this generation's star Wars is Harry Potter. So that, you know, was kind of the logical progression, but I'm curious before we get into this movie, what are your, you know, what are your sort of best and worst of this, of the series as far as adaptation or just personal preference? And where does this one sit there?
1: Well, okay. So, in terms of adaptation, I think that the first book is like basically like carbon copy, like, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like, Chris Columbus just basically had to take the book. He didn't have to take a screenplay to work. Like, he just took the book to work and then he made it. But he brought all of like our dreams come true. And low key, nobody really talks about this enough in that they got John Williams to do the theme for Harry Potter. Like, people mm-hmm. really forget that. Like, it it is something that it it is probably the most underrated theme he's ever made, right? Because people just, I guess they thought it up in like a Warner Brothers like think tank rather than like go to the master of of musical scores, um, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I think of the first one. I know it's a sort of a controversial opinion. The third book versus the the film adaptation. Actually, as much as I think that the third book is my favorite book, Prisoner of Azkaban, it's also my favorite film because it they are a little bit different. And yet, I love them both as two different entities, if that makes sense. No, it makes so sense. I mean, it's kind of hard to hate on Alfonso Caron. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's It's hard to hate on a man who... He is one of the greatest living directors of his time. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, I, I like Yates' approach to most of these films. Um, uh, we'll talk about this one tonight. This is actually my second favorite that we'll talk about tonight. And I'm a real big fan, even though I don't like the adaptation because it's such a big novel. And uh, Half-Blood Prince is a very horny book. Like, that movie, that that book is very horny. And I remember also, too, like, Entertainment Weekly writing about, like, could it be rated R? Because it's a very dark book, too. And then yeah. that movie decided to go the PG route, but it's, like, the darkest PG movie I've ever seen in my life. Like, it is, it, it, it's right up there with Temple of Doom for being, like, a PG movie that, like, this has no business being PG. Like, why, even, like the the flashbacks with Tom Riddle are dark enough to put this in a PG-13 rating. It's almost like a horror movie. Like... Yeah. Gammon drinking from the, the, and like yelling at Harry. It's the most terrifying thing to like take a child to that. It's I wonderful know. acting, but I'm like, no, 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 no. This is, this is a PG 13 movie. I, I actually
0: had my wife on that episode on the half blood prince. Cause she hadn't, <laughs> uh, she saw these movies a few years ago when I showed them to her, she hadn't seen really all of the, uh, I think she saw maybe one. Um, and, and she didn't read the books until like last year. Cause she's finally buckled under the pressure. It was like, all right, I guess I should read these. Um, so we talked about that on the episode of how Order of the Phoenix was PG thirteen, and then Half Blood Prince is PG, and how it's just like not. I like I don't know if they were gonna stick if they were gonna make these PG thirteen. Why not just stick with that rating right. all the
1: way through to the end? They could have done more things <laughs> to yeah. make it a little bit edgier too, like the book. Right, but um, and then it's and then what what does frustrate me is that they did go back to what they did with the first one, which is a big adaptation for, um, you know, basically splitting the last book into, and, into two films. And so, you know, for me, I love that because I do think the book, there is like a, a literal halfway point and um, mm-hmm. it's right around where I stopped reading for the night, the first night I got the book, which, I mean, Robert, remember going to like, barnes and noble at midnight <laughs> yeah. and getting this book like name a book you've gone to barnes name a book that stayed open long enough for you to be at barnes and noble at midnight anymore um mm-hmm. because people don't read um it's, it's or like,
0: if they do they, they download things on the it's rectangle. on a kindle. Go yeah, buy the kindle like, yeah
1: oh, i don't want to go to the store well they're not going to the store right now so just well yeah you know, exactly my, my my uh my sort of ramblings about that makes no no sense during a pandemic <laughs> um but i remember like sort of right around where they finished um uh, where the things happen at malfoy manor and, and with with dobby and everything that's sort of where i did in the night of reading and then i picked it up the next day and finished it because you know we were kids and we were psychopaths. This was, that's binge reading folks. If right? you can binge read, like you can obviously binge watch. Um, And I, and I, I like the idea of it because I wish they would have done it. I, I want like a four hour cut or like, I wanted like a four hour goblet of fire. Like that book is so damn good. Um, that it deserves to not be cut at with certain things. Right. And, um, so I mean there's 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 a I love I love every sort of thing about it. I mean like the books are the books are better than the movies but the movies have a special place in my heart. I do not like Chamber of Secrets. Um and um coincidentally this is another thing I did when this movie came out when part 2 came out. The Alamo Draft House in San Antonio did a eight movie marathon leading up to the night of the premiere. So we showed up at five o'clock in the morning at the Alamo draft house. And we watched all the movies straight through to the, you know, early premiere of uh, the deathly house part two. And I remember uh, the two nap points uh, that I took. Uh, Cause I took a, I took a, a solid nap during two of the movies Uh, It's my least favorites. I took a nap during Chamber of Secrets, and I took a nap during Order of the Phoenix because those would be my
0: yeah. Those are probably around my least favorites as well. We're pretty in sync with with where we kind of rank these films. So that's interesting.
1: It's it's when the whole thing with like Umbridge happened. I'm like, okay, I've seen this enough. It's stupid. Let me just go take a nap. And uh, and like moaning Myrtle stuff. I was like, yeah, I can take a big nap with this. And so. Um, And I'm glad Chris Columbus only did two of these, because if he did the whole series, I think it would be insufferable. So yeah, and leading into Deathly Hallows Part 2, I mean, I was on a lot of caffeine, and it it was a 3D experience, and I hate 3D, but I still did it anyway. And uh, yeah, and so that's kind of where we're at going into this review.
0: Nice. Perfect. Perfect setup. So let's listen to a little bit of the trailer for Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows part two right now. On this night, join
1: me and confront yourself.
0: any of you to die for me. Well, come on, Tom. Let's finish this the way we started. Together! Yeah! that's a little bit of the trailer for Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows part two from 2011, almost a 10 year old movie uh, directed as were the previous three by David Yates. So you said that you liked David Yates approach in general. Do you think that, do you think the movies made a wise decision just keeping him around for the second half of the franchise? Or would you like to have seen some fresh blood uh, thrown in there at some point?
1: Well, I think I would like some fresh blood thrown more into fantastic beasts. Yes, (laughs) Uh, well, yes, <laughs> because, that's like, for sure. Because, like, I think that those movies are supposed to be more playful than Yates's tone suggests, which is a more serious tone. Like, it is a more of an adult, these are more adult films, and uh, as they go on, they get darker. And uh, you know, I think you know the way sort of Caron sets everything up for um, him in Azkaban... He he takes that in sort of I mean it almost looks very venture esque at times, the way some of these movies look. And the sort mm-hmm. of the dark cinematography aesthetic, you know, of of even something like Haplet Prince. Like I was watching, I was like, did he sort of like steal like, you know, okay, he didn't no, did he? Okay, sure, whatever. Um, it's like it you know, almost like he's he he sort of stole sort of the grainy quality. Of it, and I and I like it. I think it's. I think it's. It fits. It fits perfectly in there. And because um, these movies aren't, these movies turn into a war. You know, mm-hmm. what I mean, it's and so it's no different than if you watch Lord of the Rings. Um, those movies the, the longer you start watching those movies, they get darker because you're getting more into battle and and war and, and, and people dying and, and so, closer to Mordor.
0: Literally yeah, um, and you,
1: figuratively. Yeah. Literally, you're getting closer to uh, the darkest place on the planet. And, um, I mean, this movie primarily takes place at night, um, which, I mean, it is one of the best, I think, lit films of all time because this movie is shot in darkness, and yet you're able to coherently see everything perfectly, beautifully. Um, and... Um, personally to me if i had a if i had a you know, a vote in the academy um one this movie would have been nominated for best picture because mm. um it is one of the best films of 2011 a year that i don't think is as good as people try to say oh it's not that bad and i'm like yeah it's not a great year okay um but i would also give yates a, a nod for director i mean like this is this is how you end a franchise. And I think over the last couple of years we've seen franchises not end so well. Um and granted he had a book to sort of guide him, but it could look bad or it could they could try to take liberties or whatever it is. And he, he is a steady hand at the ship, but he also just takes it and takes all the action and really elevates it and you see a lot of great visuals on the screen. So I don't think I want to see anybody else. Like I think Yates is 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 good enough, and 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 does a, a really great job. And, 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 but yet he's done such a good job. He sort of trapped himself. Mm-hmm. This, he sort of horcruxed himself <laughs> into this franchise. And uh, I, I don't know if anyone's going to be able to get him out unless she keeps tweeting and then <laughs> just ruins the whole franchise. They just
0: cancel the whole thing. He must have made an unbreakable vow at some point. <laughs> he and must have. Like, uh, if I break this, they'll kill yeah. me. I told um, you. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also, too, I think what's interesting is that this this movie or you know with with the adaptation of deathly hallows they sort of un- accidentally set a precedent that then twilight hunger games uh, all these other YA franchises were like, oh, we could split that in half and make twice the money. And then I think Divergent tried to do that and then just never made the last part. Of it. <laughs> they never made just it. Just gave up to like, to watch. and they were going to, I think they were supposed to do it as like a TV series show, movie or something. And then they were even like, yeah, nobody cares. <laughs> Literally nobody <laughs> cares. Uh, do you think that this is the rare instance where that actually makes sense? Because I feel like it frees this movie up to basically be sort of a two hour climax. Like it's just all like it, it's so much of it hinges on the, you know, the, the end battle, the battle of Hogwarts and, and sort of the struggle, the race against time to, to get those last few Horcruxes that I think it kind of works as standalone too.
1: Oh, it's, I mean, it's pretty damn good. Like it's, it's one of the best blockbusters of the last decade easily. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about a movie that, yeah, it is just ripe with momentum, like it is it's a nonstop sort of bullet train um all the way to the end, and it has emotional catharsis as well as just you know great moments of celebration of drama, suspense, um performances that are just out of bounds that we'll talk about that are you know just. I don't know how you get them in a franchise like this because I don't think any other franchise has been able to get performances out of their actors and and actually cast perfectly. Um, but you you mentioned it. Rob, it's it, it's sort of it deserved to be like this because the book is like eight hundred. It's like a thousand pages or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like the they're, they're giant novels, and she and every detail is put into these two movies. If anything, this is what they should have done the entire series. Like mm. milk that cow, baby. You know what I mean? Like just like they should be still making them right now. Um because of the fact that you know they they really got it right and I think they listened to the fans cuz the fans for years were like these movies are good but the, I mean like you're missing all these details. And then just yeah. You know, WB said, "Fine, we'll give you every detail you want that's in this book, and it's it's great." You know what I mean to to have that. Um, and 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 the other novels, like okay, the the one that always pissed me off was was Hunger Games, mm-hmm. and uh, because of the fact that they really just stretched it so they thick. so did. I mean so it good. is so stretched that it's it's just a joke and i think that's an instance where you sort of cut a lot of her campaigning in the first part and you 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 know i think i'm going to say something and and this is this is a you know as i've been in quarantine i've been i've been doing a lot of blind spots and in my mm-hmm. and i truly think One of the greatest cinematic tools we ever had was an intermission. And the reason why I say that is because nowadays we really could sit, like, have an audience sit there for 15 minutes and think about the twist that just happened. Like, imagine this is getting into a Hunger Games discussion, but like, PETA's revelation, right? In in that he's sort of been turned or he's like been manipulated, and that's like an hour and a half of a movie, right? And then the second half of the movie is is maybe two hours, is is Mockingjay Part Two, and, and it's just a three and a half hour film. You never left, and you just had an intermission, and then you just keep going. That's what should what should have happened. I shouldn't have had to wait a whole another year to see how that it finishes. Uh, Twilight's a joke, uh, just in mm-hmm. general, because that first movie, <laughs> that first movie is uh, again very unnecessary like yeah and then breaking down part two is <laughs> the the sort of tricks they do in that movie is stupid and um and also too it it feels like it's copying this mm-hmm. uh, franchise in that it's like the first film is the sort of somber meditative art piece right because that's what deathly yep. hollows part one really for sure to means and then the second film is just balls of the wall action, you know, like a war film, like to 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 just solve everything. And like you said, it's just it's got so much momentum in it that it has to. And that's how the book is designed, and that's how this movie is designed and it's and it's perfectly well done. So I'm glad that it's sort of that it almost feels like it is its own thing and yet everybody tried to copy and it just wasn't the same.
0: Well I think the difference is with Harry Potter that that last novel is so much it, it's just all A story it's all Voldemort the horcruxes there's not a lot of subplots that are disconnected from the main action so i feel like it either would have had to be like a cliff notes version of of itself which a lot of people feel like half blood prince ended up kind of being and and you know compress so much down or do what they did and have these two sort of complementary halves that Together, work as a whole piece in, in that in you know in the way that something like the Kill Bill movies work, where it's sort of reversed. The first one is a lot more action and style, and the second one is a lot more more meditative, more character based, whatever. And here it's just reversed, so that you get that, like you said, that momentum going into the second half. That it's just the the three leads uh, rushing to to kind of get everything together and meet up with the the whole cast in the second like in the second half.
1: Yeah, no, I mean it's it's. I mean, this movie is so good. I mean, it just, right after they, they bury Dobby, it just, it's, it just goes. It doesn't stop.
0: And and it's it's also, you get that very grim contrast with the first movie. The first movie starts and it's all this wonder. And, you know, it ends with him, him boarding the the train. And he's just like, I'm not going home. Not really. And then this starts and he's burying like his most devoted friend, like the closest this franchise has to an innocent (laughs) uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like bearing. It's like bearing
1: Baby Yoda. Like yeah, think about yeah, folks. sort like, of. Like the most. In, it's it's like bearing BB-8. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> it's the most innocent thing in this world, and all it wants to do is be your friend. Yeah, let's kill that. Um, and, right. and 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 she who shall not be named did this many years ago, and it just. I mean, this movie, this 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 book has casualties in it that just—I mean, she's a monster, like killing to killing Dobby and Hedwick in the same in the same right, I know. half of a book. You you monster, like who are I, you? I, I, <laughs> the signs were there, Rob. The signs were there, like. You
0: should have known then like this. is we, a- we talked about that in the, in the, uh, the episode on part one about how just the death of Hedwig just signals. Like it's, it's all, it's all on
1: the table. It's almost, th- like, it's almost throwaway too. Yeah. Like she's like, Oh yeah. yeah. The owl's dead. What? I need like four chapters explaining your process of thinking about that lady. Right. You know I mean like <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> like, it's it's the, what has he ever done? Like it's it's God oh, it's frustrating and and how did he know like you know it's like how did he know to sacrifice himself This is terrible oh I know I oh, hey again RIP Hedwig RIP Hedwig Poor one out for him man Thank like, you. Poor yeah, that exactly. guy
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I what I like about this one is that you know we get the the quick sort of recap of Baltimore in the with the Elder Wand which it sounds like was sort of your own natural stopping point the Malfoy Manor stuff and then oh yeah picking it up from there so that's Weird how this sort of happened the same way with the movies.
1: Yeah, I mean, it does feel like that in the book. I don't know about you. I don't know when the yeah. last time you read the book, but it does feel yeah. like the momentum starts picking up because you get, and you start to get a little sleepy in the woods, and um, and then you get to Malfoy Manor, and that's when it starts picking up. You have this sort of turn with Dobby. You have you know obviously um, you know Voldemort getting the the, the the wand, and you're just like, oh boy. Here we go. You know what I mean? and 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 then you're like, let's keep reading. And, you know, the, the stuff uh at Gringotts is is I mean, just awesome. Like it's mm-hmm. so awesome. Like I I I love it. Like it 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 it's quintessential Harry Potter. Like this group going on sort of an adventure and writing yeah, riding a dragon. I'm like it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, there's uh, no time to
0: reset. Like Dobby dies, and they're like, all right, Grip Hook, what up? What are we doing? Yeah. Uh, and by the way, <laughs> more Warwick Davis. More Warwick Davis yes. in everything, please. I, I, mean, I like, love Warwick Davis. Yeah,
1: Warwick's Warwick's like great. Like he can play like such the nicest guy, and then he can play yeah. like a mean little little bastard. Well, you know, yeah, like, he plays hook, Flitwick you know I
0: mean? and Grip Hook in this movie, I believe, yeah. as, as well. So yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: And then uh, I mean, you know, uh, the, the Oliver too. Like having Oliver come back mm-hmm. around, and and I mean is, I mean that's great. I mean, like having him sort of in this like throwaway sort of like moment, uh, and having John Hurt, like R.I.P. John Hurt, right? Um, yeah, you know who was one of the great actors of all time. I mean, this cast is just insanely stupid. Like this, this, yeah. I mean. How Warner Brothers didn't go bankrupt from the just the, the call sheet alone it astonishes me. I mean, and and to to have John Hurt, who is one of the greatest character actors of all time, in just like a uh, like a, a two minute scene that's it. Mm-hmm. It's like and, and yet it means so much to everything. It's uh, it's great. It's great uh, decision making at Warner Brothers. Can cannot deny that.
0: Yeah, it brings it really brings everything full circle. That's what I love about yeah. these last two movies is that pretty much everyone they could get back comes back, Uh and it is pivotal. So it does feel sort of retroactively, uh, I think, as as the books were being written and her just being like, you know, what we could bring the Chamber of Secrets back around. Maybe that was a Horcrux.
1: Who knows? Yeah, I um, mean, it it feels like it feels like it does feel like a book. When yeah. you're able to bring all these people back, it does feel like. Okay, I'm able to bring back this character, that character, all these actors, even if it's just for a scene or not. And maybe they're under contract, you know, maybe we're, you know, whatever. But even if they aren't, like the fact that they're able to bring everybody back and sort of do this, I mean, it 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 feels very book like, like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, where you're able to just throw a character in there and you don't have to worry about like, oh, they're in they're in Maui for a week, we have to <laughs> to wait on the scheduling and all that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for
0: sure. And I think in this one you really need Olivander because uh not only because of it brings the 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 franchise full circle back to when Harry got the wand in the first one, but so much of this movie, and I kind of forget that until I every, until every time I rewatch it, so much of this is like is like wand work. Like there's lots of business with the wand. The whole the whole thing with the elder wand and who it belongs to and who it doesn't belong, you know, all of that uh all of that is is really key to the entire climax. To even though I feel like it's slightly convoluted, I, I think it, it's it's really important that all is there to really set the table for that.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, it's it, it it is great because of all the scenes that we saw in the first film, and then just you know everything that we see and him sort of you know explaining about the wand and you know and and uh, it's how all this rest of this film is going to break down and then of course them starting to go into the core cruxes and just you know and start wrecking some shop you know what I mean mm-hmm. start 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 ripping some soul you know what I mean <laughs> um, like uh, who you know? and uh, and I love it and I love also too I I, I love um, when they sort of land in the water and in Harry starts having the visions. Uh, of of Voldemort right mm-hmm. and, and and they I feel they're 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 at they're getting towards the sort of uh at their heightened power right because he's right. getting because Voldemort's getting so strong and Harry can feel it and it really is the testament to Ratliff's performance here this is the best he is in the franchise I mean I think so down. too and and showed what an actor he's going to be beyond this franchise as well and so i mean yeah it's it's uh you know the, the the whole beginning of this movie just sort of sets it up it's beautiful and then like the score too it just is 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 like it's all very, you know, Desplat does just a great job of then setting it up and then okay, we're going into it. And then everything's sort of like got a momentum, got a momentum, you know what I mean? And <laughs> uh, and we gotta get this work it's right now. And um and it's it, it's yeah, god, it's it's just a testament to great, great storytelling, this right. whole thing
0: yeah we get we get some more fun with polyjuice potion as i like to call it yeah. and then the whole gringotts set piece very very early on which it, it seems like was the inspiration for a uh, a universal studios attraction over here in florida so you know, I, I think that's really fun in and of itself, just as a set piece. Rob, you wrote that
1: last week, right? You went on, on the ride last week because it's open, right? Now.
0: <laughs> I did not I did not. <laughs> it is open, I believe. I've seen a lot of I have people on my Facebook who are like, We went to we're going to Disney and I'm like, why? <laughs> Look, and they're wearing hands, no
1: hands. No and hands. <laughs>
0: Like it's no there are no lines. And i was like, well, yeah, of course, there are no lines. You shouldn't be there. nobody should be there. It's in, just a tangent. it's insane. It's insanity to me how much people in Florida are just like, ah, eh, that's over. we're not we're not paying attention to that anymore. it's it's yeah. no that's a totally separate conversation. Um, you know, I, but, I I
1: get i I totally get you i uh, our our head over overhead in session film JD Duran. he lives in Florida, too, and so. Yeah. And we have other writers there and, and there's no, there's no mistaking who continues to lose worst state in the United States. And it's Florida. Like they are yep. proud champions of that monocle for sure. Yeah.
0: Yes we are. <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, I do, I did notice that I think in that it's, I think it's in the Gringotts escape scene that Harry does the Imperial curse, which is an un- unforgivable curse, which I noticed at one point he does the, Oh, on the, uh, on the goblin. On the, the other guy, I forget his name. The other goblin that, that, uh, that works in the, in the bank. So I think that that's sort of a sign of just... That the, the main heroes have to get their hands a little bit dirty... As they as they kind of corner Dumbledore, Voldemort. Uh, I did that a lot in one of the other episodes too. I kept mixing <laughs> them up, and I was like, "Well, they're kind of
1: interconnected, so it makes sense." Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, he is a monster by the end of this movie, so that does make sense. Like, mean, well, we'll, well we also, <laughs> well,
0: well, that's the other fun thing here is that we meet Aberforth, his brother, randomly, and he basically points out how kind of shady Dumbledore has been for <laughs> seven movies, like. Yeah. Yeah, you don't really know. You know, my you didn't really know my brother at all. You don't know what like these movies really have Harry reckon with the fact that he thought who 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 he thought Dumbledore was was not at all who Dumbledore was, which obviously is confirmed much later in the the Snape montage, which we'll get to for sure. Yeah, Uh, I
1: mean, in Cheryl Hines too. You know, he's great in this. mm -hmm. Like, uh, yeah, it's, it's just very persnickety, very you know, just like. You don't know what you're talking about, boy. You know, and it's and it's 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 just great. Like it's like it's a once again, like I keep I'm going to keep saying this cuz this is the best series to say this. Just a wonderful character actor coming in doing mm-hmm. a couple minutes then goes. It's just Yeah, perfect. I always forget he's in this too until he shows yeah. up. I'm like, "Oh my gosh,
0: that's right." <laughs> <laughs> um and, and he, he has like got his one of those uh, faces too. And, and going back to Lord of the Rings, which that was one of my biggest reactions coming out of this uh, seeing this in theaters the first time uh, is that it felt like Epic on the scale of Lord of the Rings, like the, the in a way that none of this franchise really, you know, in that, it, it, not, none of this franchise really hit for me. Like it, it's fun and it's great. And I love Azgaban and all that stuff, but it feels, it doesn't feel like it hits that same level. This is the closest this franchise got to hitting Lord of the Rings level for me, as far as the ensemble cast and sort of the, you know, the epic stakes and good and evil and all that good stuff. But even, you know, Aberforth has his sort of like Gandalf showing up in the battle uh, on the front lines kind of moment too.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, he he comes sort of in just this like, all right, I'm going to come in and just settle all this. And it's like, boom, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, just like, it's such a drop the mic moment in the middle of this battle that you're like, Mad props, dude. Got to respect yeah. you. Got to respect you. <laughs> uh,
0: so then we have a, the theme music finally kicks in. I think one of the first times when Harry enters the school and kind of reunites with his classmates, which I thought was really sweet kind of callback to how far this character has come. And and I love that it has that sort of classic chosen one uh, narrative where Harry it's, it's really the community, the sense of community and the friends it's the friends we made along the way, you know, it's the Buffy thing it's the it's the Lord of the Rings thing of it it's the people he surrounds himself with that really make the difference in whether or not his like prophecy and I do air quotes there, whether or not it actually bears fruit or ends up sort of, you know, uh I guess deflating itself.
1: Yeah, no, I mean it it also feels like a breath of fresh air because of mm-hmm. the fact that like we have been away from these people yeah. for a long time. Right. And it feels like we have been sort of just like, we don't know what it's like to be around human beings um, in this, in in the last two movies uh, because they've been lost in the woods in the woods. Yeah. Yeah, They've been, Oh, what a feeling. They're dancing in the woods on the ceiling. Um, And (laughs) you know, it's, it, 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 it it does feel like, because then the score comes out back in, like this goes like, you know, brings the Williams theme back and you're just like, okay, I met Hogwarts and i but wh- i sh- i'm shouldn't be happy at all right like uh like there's uh, you know there's no reason i should be happy right right everyone right and it's it's um because you know there's war happening and that it leads to you know them sort of all and and we get hints of this we get hints of this in the beginning of the film too that like hogwarts is basically turned into like a prison you know in that it's not the school uh that you know we've all known and loved throughout this series. It's very right. much become a a sort of captive state by with Snape leading it you know at this point uh there's the alarm's been triggered in hotsbe and so as even though he's with his friends you know it's it's very short lived because of the fact that you know everybody gets called in to the to the, to the great hall you know what I mean so
0: right. And then we get the one of the one of the standout moments for me, which is when Harry confronts Snape there and and says he was your oh. friend, he trusted you, and like about how how you know obviously Snape's murder of Dumbledore, and and I I love that I love that the way the movie it really holds back on tipping it's it's snape-hand because there's so many opportunities where it could have done that earlier in this film and it, and it it essentially opens on snape he's kind of the the stealth protagonist of this series in a weird way like this movie puts it in that kind of context mm-hmm. so i i love trying to view this this film specifically from snape's perspective and and how he's you know the sort of uh the sort of double speak of his actions that he's kind of the double agent essentially, and has this duel with McGonagall. What are, what are your thoughts on, uh, I guess up to this point, Snape's story. And then obviously we'll get to the montage in a little bit.
1: I mean, when you're reading it in the book and you're reading most of the series, I think we can all pretty much agree at this point. Like Snape can go straight to hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the guy <laughs> can just go kick rocks. And, you know, at this point in the book, but then in, in especially in the film, like, you know, he's, he's doing the Dark Lord's bid, and then like Harry pops in, and he's just like, you know, like you said, it's, it's telling everyone, like, tell him. Tell him how you betrayed him. Tell him how you killed you know, th- this man. How you killed Dumbledore. Tell him the truth. Um, and you know, how you he's just straight up betrayed him. And he's about to sort of try to kill Harry there himself, right? And McGonagall comes out and like it's like yeah, like get him, you know what I mean? Like you know, you know, like you're. Re- I I don't know how you read the book, Rob, but like mm-hmm. when she sort of like you know does her motherly instincts because that's really what she is for Harry as his mother is gone. She like Dumbledore is sort of the father figure. And I mean, he has many father figures. He has Lupin and Sirius. Right. But it's really Dumbledore, right? That's that's the guy that takes him under his wing. And, and it's also, you know, Dumbledore is one of the three to drop him off at the Dursleys. And that other person is McGonagall, along with Hagrid. Mm-hmm. And so to see her stand up for this boy that she obviously loves. And I mean, there's, and she just sort of like takes over. You know what I mean? It's just like not. I'm not going to deal with this, you know, shit any longer. And and she knows as well. And so she gets rid of him, basically, because like you know, Snape cowers away. And there is that moment where (laughs) it's a great moment too, where she just is like, like you know, Slytherin houses because Voldemort knows that he's at Hogwarts, right? Mm -hmm. And so he's sort of kind of gets into everybody's heads and he starts, you know, doing his little whisper dance on everybody's mind. And he's basically like, if you have Harry Potter, give me him. Like I, I want him. you know? And of course it's Slytherin house who wants to like turn him over. And then they go send those people to the dungeons where they belong um, mm. throughout this entire series. And you're just like, hell yeah. You mean the bad people? So <laughs> I'm supposed to be in the dungeon. You mean like, gee, you know, the the bad people that say all the terrible things, JK Rowling, they deserve to be in the dungeon. Um, you know, reap what you sow, lady. Um, but then there's that great moment with Maggie Smith, who's wonderful in this film too. Yeah. Um, where she just says, Potter, it's good to see you. And it feels like you're just like, Yeah, it it really does feel good that he's back and even though he didn't finish school, I'm sure he's got an honorary degree. Um, but well, he uh, saved he saved the
0: Wizarding World,
1: and by yeah, I, th- I think he gets a pass. World. So yeah, the Muggle World. So yeah, oh, you know what? You know enough. What? <laughs> you know what? Put the school back together and take your owls, dude. Um, you know I mean? like, <laughs> take <laughs> your seventh year owls, my friend. Uh, but uh, no, um, it it just it, it's very comforting, and it's it is a really damn good scene. It is a top five scene in this franchise. Mm-hmm. Like all of that. And I mean, there's it, it's, I mean, there's so many scenes in this movie where you're just like, that's the best thing I've ever seen. That's the best thing I've ever seen in this franchise. And it just goes on and on and on and on. And it's partly be- Like I said, because the book is so strong, it's such a strong ending, but the movie just elevates it because of everybody that's on screen. It's like, you've been with these people for a decade and then some, you know, right. on screen And so you're highly invested in the the conclusion of all this. And then, of course, it leads to when all, you know, the slithering goes and everything, it leads to the battle.
0: Which is the second, the whole second half of the movie, essentially, Mm -hmm. too. Um, But yeah, no, I I love the McGonagall moment. I, I like, I love the fact that this series sort of, one of its like hallmarks is often the fact that these kids can't trust authority figures. So they're all like kind of sneaking around behind the teachers' backs and all that. And that the big like reaffirmation is the adults kind of taking control of the school. Um I, I love that that the franchise can be viewed as sort of a an you know, obviously it's an allegory for um or it's a, a metaphor for adolescence and, you know, growing up and all that stuff. And then in, in the last couple movies it's really about realizing how complex your adult, the adult figures in your life are, that they don't have it all figured out. And sometimes they're up to some sh- shady shit under, <laughs> under the table. And I think you get a lot of that here where with both Snape and Dumbledore where his, uh, Harry's perception of who they are, who he thought they were, uh, completely changes. And yet McGonagall is like the steady hand mm-hmm. uh, in his life. Uh, clearly the best teacher of all time uh, in this movie. And uh, and I love that Maggie Smith has so many moments where she really takes charge. That's one, and then later on, where she sends the you know, the sentries out, and she's like, "Protect our school." And she's, you know, she you have that like fun little moment with her. And I think it's Molly or someone where mm-hmm. she's like, Yo, you know, she's always wanted to use that spell, so she finally gets to kind of take control." So I I love her little. It's not that much screen
1: time, but it makes such a huge difference in in the grand scheme of things. It re- it really does. I mean, like. She's, I mean, one, Maggie Smith is one of like, the best British actresses right. of all time. For sure. Um, but two, it's it's that she is sort of, while Dumbledore is known as the head of Hogwarts, she is very much like the person that keeps it all afloat. And uh, I mean, it's, it's clear in this movie just how, how integral it is to have somebody like Maggie Smith be this character and then you finally get to see McGonagall take charge right and she's mm-hmm. so confident in this lead role this leadership role um and yeah i mean it's 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 kind of what i always wanted cuz i was always like man is such a like a badass like why can't yes. we see her, like why can't we see her be this rather than like i mean she's she's rarely in the films like too, like it's it's, and it might just be like a Maggie Smith thing, but it, it doesn't feel like we get enough of her, like we do in the books or whatnot, or even at, mm. at times in the books. Like I'm like, hey, where's my pal McG- McGonagall? Um, you know, what I mean, and um, because McGonagall is one of my favorite characters. Like I just love her, period. Like she's she's the 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 glue that keeps everything together, but she's also the moral sort of compass of Hogwarts and, um, and and yeah, she's also the, the, the entry point, right. For, for just about all of us, because she's the one that's, you know, there to, to be there for Harry, you know, right at the beginning of the first novel. And so she's the, the motherly figure at all, but she's also very fiery. And I just love that. She's just like protect, you know, she's get these stone statues out there and she's taking charge and everything. She's like, But then she's also like, I've always wanted to do that spell. You know what I mean? Like she's, she's all, she's also like very giddy as well. Like this is another wonderful thing about the movie where it's, where it's, it, it, it continues to balance the tone perfectly to the point where it doesn't feel like, you know, like sometimes when you watch a Marvel movie, those movies can feel very, you know, like, Oh God, this is too jokey. And this Mm. movie knows, yes, it's a, it's a war movie but it's also a Harry Potter movie. And so there's, there's no sense in, in losing the sort of the fun nature within this darkness if that makes sense.
0: Right? No, totally. And it keeps it rooted in character. And I think Mm -hmm. that's, that's what, that's what makes the big difference there and, and keeps us engaged even when, you know, obviously there's a lot of like visual effects and stuff happening in the battle of Hogwarts, but you know, we've spent, like you said, we've spent 10 years with these characters. It, it, it keeps us focused on the people that we love and the characters that we're, we've grown with. And so you never really lose sight of what's at stake so that you get and get, you know, this last movie where Neville it's, you know, kind of has this whole heroic story where he's the one that, that kills Nagini. He has that whole like death eaters moment, uh, yeah. at the spell. It's very, like a, a very star Wars Han Solo running away from the stormtroopers kind of deal. Um, so he's got his whole little arc. Ron spontaneously, you know, knows how to speak parcel tongue and actually kind of proves his 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 <laughs> value to the team. I feel like for the first time in a while. Cause in a lot of these movies, you know, Hermione's kind of taking the lead with the uh, you know, coming up with the strategy and all that stuff. And Harry's obviously the has the the courage and Ron's just kind of there for a lot of it. But I feel like he has contributed throughout the series and I think that's one of the that's the movie China throwing it out there, but like, yeah. And Ron, he's important too. see, he does stuff. Um, and so I love that, that he and Hermione are the ones that destroy the cup in the chamber of secrets. Again, bringing it back full circle to those Chris Columbus movies.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's great to see sort of everyone get to do their own thing. I mean, even like Mrs. Weasley, like innocent Mrs. Weasley, right. That just wants to, wants to cook for everybody. And then she's, it's the perfect thing in the, in the, in the book it's the the most shocking thing in the book and it's also like one of the most satisfying things and um it's 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 a thing where you know get away from my daughter you bitch you know what i mean and uh uh and it's you know it's obviously very a- aliens inspired right um but it, it or at least it feels like it yeah. um and if it's not then i mean it it, it feels like a rip off then at that point um but um you know what i what i i love about it is that we do get to see sort of everybody in action it does feel it feels like the book which is yeah. crazy because like in the book all these progressions and all these relationships and all these things are there and they're not in the other movies like i think the one giant mistake they they did in this whole series and everyone can agree with in the movies is that is that in the books Harry ends up with with um, with Jenny and and Ron ends up with Hermione, right? Mm-hmm. Clearly, in these movies, Ratliff has insane chemistry with Watson, right? And Watson has and and Grint have like uh, like their chemistry is fine but it's not the one where you would think of like, Oh, those two seem like they're at each other's throats because they're in love. They feel like friends that are annoyed as hell with one another. If that makes sense.
0: At best, it sounds like the beginning of a kind of toxic
1: relationship. (laughs) Yeah. It feels like uh, this isn't going to end well for anyone. Um, So why don't we just all do a favor here and not let this happen? But you know, that was, that was the thing. It's like, that was the thing about the books in the movies is that the movies had started, right. But the books were ahead of them. So I remember just being like, you know, they can change this at any point. Like, and I remember everyone was always like, Oh, it feels like Hermione's going to end up with Ron, you know, cause opposites attract. And I was just like, I don't know if you guys are watching these movies or not. <laughs> but, uh, cause especially like, you know, prisoner of Azkaban, right. There's the whole segment where, you know it's Ratcliffe and Watson together, right? From the majority right. of the film, and you're just kind of like, I don't know about y'all, but these these two chemistry, they're sparks. Like,
0: well, just- Ron's Ron's terrified of that happening. Look at the whole like vision thing
1: that he gets yeah, from exactly uh, from the Horcrux but, in the seventh and he, movie, and he and he really should because of the fact that it's the right thing. Yeah. Like, and, um, um, but yeah, like, you know, all the, the relationship with Jenny is just terrible. Like it's, yeah. it's not set up at all in these, in these movies. And it's, it's the one part that, that does drive me nuts is that this movie, these books are, these books are about teenagers and teenagers are, um, you know, they got their, their, their bodies are changing. It's growing. It's, Things are different, Rob. Around that time, oh boy, Uh, nobody warned me about this. Well, the first time hearing. So, uh, well, let me let me sit you down, and I'll tell you about the birds (laughs) and the bees, my friend. Uh, But no, it just it doesn't feel these movies were interested in any of the nuances of relationships Mm -hmm. and and building off of that, other than it just being very superficial. Um, And that really upsets me because the books do, and I will say this about Rowling: she does a great job of establishing these relationships where you buy it in the books and you don't buy it here. So like when she's like, when like uh, Jenny's giving um, a Ron or sorry, giving Harry a, a kiss goodbye and say, you know, return or come back or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't buy any of it. You know what yeah. I mean? That's the one thing I don't buy. And I'm like, Oh, come on. Like I don't, because I don't buy that in these films, the progression has got to that point. Right. But other than that, I mean, every other character beat in this, in these films are perfectly done because they're either payoffs from the book or payoffs from the films themselves. Right. And, um, but yet I still think that, you know, this movie is, isn't this movie like the shortest Harry Potter film? Right? Or I think it like is, yeah. 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 I think
0: it's it's like two hours and I don't know, like 10 minutes or something. And that's yeah. with credits, so really like two hours.
1: Yeah, it's 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 really quick. Like it's a real it's a it's it's sprinting to the finish line. It's mm-hmm. you know, and it's way ahead of the pack, but it's sprinting still, you know. It could have just walked and it and it didn't have to. Um, I still would have loved like more time with some characters like Tonks and Lupin you know, mm-hmm. more time with the Weasley brothers than just sort of like the Flash that we get or right, or, or with the rest of, you know, Dumbledore's army or whatever, you know what I mean? There's just, there's stuff in the books that there's, there's more there and I think that it could have been fleshed out. That said, everyone gets a moment. At least they get a moment, right? Or they get a shot or something here. But the film isn't really focused on the moments. It's really just focused on the fact that like, we get this giant battle. We get these enormous set pieces. We get some of the best visual effects you're ever going to see. You know, in, in especially in this series, and you're just like, even though most people in the audience know how this movie ends, except my parents who never read the books. So when they <laughs> saw these movies, they were just like, how's it going to end? And I'm like, oh, well, if you would have just read the books, And so it was like sort of a contradiction that you made me read these books, but yet y'all didn't, um, you know, then you, you know how this is all going to end. And yet you're kind of on the edge of your seat the entire time. Right, Rob?
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I think, um, I, I love how much of this feels like, in a way, sort of Harry Potter's greatest hits. That we, we get, like, we get the Chamber of Secrets, we get the Room of Requirement. We even get a brief moment where the Cornish Pixies pop up. I think in the Room of Requirement, uh, there's a couple of them living in there. There's trolls, there's spiders. There's a lot of like all the uh, iconography from the franchise kind of comes back here, and yet none of it really feels ham-handed. It all feels like kind of a natural progression, and the movie doesn't waste a lot of time being like, "Hey, remember this." Uh, and i and I think that's to its credit, um also since you mentioned lupin and tonks i i like I love the sort of parallel there, the kind of that violence begats violence sort of cyclical nature of it that now Lupin and Tonks have a child who is an orphan like Harry was uh mm-hmm. when the franchise started, and I think that's that's kind of an interesting uh parallel um but I feel like we're getting really close to the Snape mm-hmm. moment, the death scene, the montage. That always makes me cry. Even oh, I've seen this movie several times. Uh, so we get the revelation that the Elder Wand belongs to the wizard who killed its last owner, apparently, and uh, that was the wand business I was alluding to earlier. Uh, so Voldemort basically, I don't know, slits Snape's throat with a spell, basically, uh, and then McGinni <laughs> yeah, kind of finishes the job. Yeah, that, that is, it's like you could
1: have just grabbed a knife, dude. Now you're just like showing off. Oh, um, you could have just like evaporated it or something. Like you didn't have to like. Yeah. Yeah, to let him bleed he out. He wanted him
0: to suffer a little bit. So he could yeah. have just Avada cadavered this this dude and be done with it. But but then we wouldn't get Harry wouldn't be able to get take his tears. So I I appreciate that that, that it does that. Uh, so then you know, to the point that you were saying earlier with Maggie Smith, the sort of shorthand that you get, Snape is hugely pivotal to this movie. But up to this point, we've seen him sort of, you know, leading Hogwarts in a couple scenes, getting chased off, and then Now his whole story sort of envelops in this span of, I don't know, five minutes or three minutes or however long his montage is. But that moment with Harry, where he's, you know, he sees Harry and he, and his eyes, obviously he has his mother's eyes as he's told repeatedly over and over again. And I'm just like sobbing the whole time that this is happening. He's like, my tears take them. And he wants Harry to know the truth of his actions that, you know, what his connection was. Yeah.
1: Take them. And you're just like, and you're just like, oh, God. And it's just, it. I mean, obviously, Rob, you've talked about him, Alan Rickman, just the defining performance of this entire franchise mm-hmm. yep. is in this entire sequence. So I know we're talking about it, but it's so damn good. It's so good. He, he I, I miss him because he, he, was, he was such a presence on screen, if that makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's because of Rickman that this whole Snape's death scene, the montage is probably my favorite sequence of the entire saga Uh, just because it compresses so much story and so much character development in such a short time. And that's a testament to his, his ability as an actor to to be able to sell that and have you feel Snape's emotion in that last moment of his life. And then sort of just getting snippets of his perspective of everything that's going, you know, the, um, the, the Patronus that mm. he sends to to help Harry in Asgabin, Azkaban, which is the same Patronus as his as, uh, mo- as his, as his mother. mother. So it sort of implies to me, and I mentioned this on the previous episode, but it sort of Im- implies to me that those two were meant to be together in some way, and then kind of got fate had something different in mind. Uh, thoughts on thoughts on this montage because it reveals so much. It's like I kind of uh, trying to find out, figure out how to uh, unpack it.
1: It is the definition of you can't judge a book by its cover harry throughout this entire series has tried to blame severus snape make him a villain basically try to get him locked up you know (laughs) in 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 azkaban um because like literally in the first film he's like oh it's snape snape's the bad guy and look like, at his uh, pale
0: face and his greasy at, hair.
1: Yeah, look, look <laughs> at Alan Rickman. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that man looks like he hasn't showered in days, um, <laughs> and uh, he's he's got to be suspicious, right? And mm-hmm. um, you know, I I I think, and then also too, the the, the the sort of progression of him throughout the rest of the series. I mean, this is a man that caused physical harm to you know to to get more answers from Sirius Black. This is a man that's, you know, tried to, uh, in like Order of the Phoenix, if I'm not mistaken, like, you know, try to use like therapy on him, you know, to try to, you know, tell him to control his mind, Mm. what he uses and is successfully using throughout the rest of the series, Um, you know, basically just proves that Harry's an ungrateful little shit um but uh the the number but one he thing also, one of his kids uh, like yeah, his name, yeah gives- yeah <laughs> yeah i know but <laughs> albus yeah. Everest, uh, yeah yeah it's a terrible name um but it's, it's really like you name one and name the other don't put it yeah, all in one, one child like you knew you were gonna have more than one right um uh, you're the chosen one not you know not the chosen just only child like you are an only child do you really think you're gonna have a small family and like you saw how the Weasleys are—they like you know morph like a hundred at a time. Like anyway, yeah, right. that's, beside the, that's beside the point. Um, is that also too? Like this is a guy that like literally hours before he's yelling and screaming at and pissed and wants to kill. You know, what I mean, there's no question in my mind that he definitely wants to kill um, Snape. You know, for what he does to Dumbledore. And so then you 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 see him through this montage really understand, because there's been also the confrontations about, like, you know, in Order of the Phoenix, about the relationship that Snape has with his father, right? And mm-hmm. you how his father sort of picked on Snape and everything, but yet um, we don't know, we didn't know to the extent of how connected um, you know, his, his mother Lily was to, to Severus. Mm-hmm. And not only do we see all the pain and the sacrifices he has to make with that, but then we see the sacrifices in sort of the almost d- devotion he has to give from you know being turned from uh, Voldemort to then doing the same thing for Dumbledore. It almost feels like he's trapped either way, and it's devastating because it's like he's serving one you know lord to the other. Right, and he's always going to be a footman. You see the pain and everything of how he's having to sort of negate uh, both sides, and you then realize that this man sacrificed a ton. You know what I mean? To 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 basically have this boy survive to get to the point where he's at. Mm -hmm. He only did what he did because he was told to do it. It's a devastating montage. It's beautifully acted. And then it also shows who found Harry, you know, the night of his parents murder, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. It's severus. And I will never get the image of Alan Rickman crying his, you know, eyes out out of my head. And that child looking at just a a man who has lost the love of his life and 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 then dumbledore's sort of shock reaction that it was lily right and then he's he's like it's all it was always her and always will be her right so yeah it's um (laughs) it's 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 peak this series man it's really for sure
0: well and, and then, in that one scene, that single word always has become like just iconic because of how much it reveals, just like in an instant, you see not only how he's been sort of torn apart for years between having to try and feign loyalty to voldemort and but really kind of serving dumbledore and and how he had you know like you said swapped both swapped sides, but then that he's had to help protect this boy who on one hand he loathes because it's james potter's son but on the other hand he can't help but 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 keep an eye out for and sort of in in have uh you know feelings to in protecting for because it's lily's son too so it's like you understand why on the one hand he'll like call harry out in class and how you know he's being like you know arrogant and stuff just like his father and then two seconds later like lupin as a werewolf will try and attack the kids and he like literally jumps in front of them uh, it just all, all of a sudden everything that he's done over the past seven movies makes complete sense and I, yeah it's it's really it's a really powerful bit of acting and storytelling and editing and uh you know the the, uh, the spot score as well it's mm. it's a really it's 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 an impeccable portion of the movie
1: for sure. No, yeah, no, it's it's oh, it's so good. It's so good. And then in like Harry coming out of it, it's like you see his face, and then he's like, it's almost like a oh my god, like what the hell did I do? Like mm-hmm. what like why? Why why I it's almost like another tragedy upon this young man. Yeah, it, it really is. It's almost it is it is basically, you know, he he realized I oh my God, like I've, I've lost another parent. Mm-hmm. I lost another guardian. It's then at that point, then he starts realizing what he really has to do. You know what
0: I mean? Right. Well, and, and we learn, he learns in, in that sequence that uh, Dumbledore has been keeping him alive so that as, as Snape could, uh, says, he could die at the proper moment, mm-hmm. that Snape has really almost kind of had his back more than Dumbledore. And Dumbledore's like, no, no, we need to keep him alive. So that when we get to this point, then he can die. It's like playing; he's playing the long game. That Dumbledore wasn't this, uh, wasn't the perfect, (laughs) wasn't the perfect uh, father figure or mentor that he thought he was. And meanwhile, Mm -hmm. he's been laying all this crap at Snape's feet. But it's Snape that hasn't really, actually, has only done things to protect him for the most part. Uh, So it's 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 pretty it's pretty astounding. Um, We learn that Harry is the last Horcrux. Obviously, there. And, uh, and and I love how, you know, after that revelation comes along that he has to die of Voldemort's hand, that Harry seems, he seems ready to die, like he makes peace with it, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, before he even finds the resurrection stone and all of that. So we're coming out of this, this montage of Snape and uh, his, his actions throughout the course of the franchise. Then, then our hero, our, our young hero, is like ready to sacrifice himself to, to sort of bring their plan to fruition. And then we get the conference, what I call it, a conference of ghosts waiting for Harry, sort of on the other side. And I, I really love this scene as well. This is another scene. I'm, like, I'm still crying at this point watching the movie. <laughs> uh, it's like pretty much from Snape's, because he gets Snape's death. Then you get the, the sort of Lupin and, and Tonks dead. Everybody yeah. dead in the, in the, in, in, you know, Fred Weasley, I think. Uh, then you, you get the montage. Then you get the, the, all the ghosts. And he's like, you know, you're still here. And he's like, we then, they're like, we never left. And he's like, does it hurt? Oh. All that. Uh, he's like, oh. are you going to stay, will you stay with me? And they're like, until the end. And I'm like, oh my God, um, I'm getting emotional talking about it. Um, it's so good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, I mean, it just heightens everything he's lost up to this point.
1: I mean, it's this, it's, it is the devastating realization of like, yeah, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm actually what we've been chasing this whole time. Because we, we forgot to mention, I mean, there's like a big sort of chase in the room requirement for one. Mm-hmm. There's the, the, yep. like you mentioned, there's the, the, the whole thing know, with the, the diadem. Yeah. Yeah. The diadem and, and, and uh, you know, and, um, uh, uh, Helena ravenwood and and sort of, and then also uh uh the like the, like you said earlier the chamber of secrets and all that uh so I mean there's this is all sort of starting to lead up to that and then yeah there's that realization that he is he is the last one and it then once it's he's accepted it and you know of course Ron and Hermione are just devastated mm-hmm. um, then. You know, he has the scene with his parents and and serious, and uh, who's the fourth? Uh, is Lupin? It, is it Lupin? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's yeah, it's so good. It's so good. And he's. I think he says. I think Harry says,
0: "Stay close to me." And then his mom says, "Always." And you're
1: like, "Oh my god! Oh god! Not again! (laughs) Not that word! Yeah, yeah, yeah. safe word. Um, (laughs) Sort of Um, the unsafe word. um, Because then I'm (laughs) going to shed tears. Um, And then he goes. And then this right here at this point is when the movie turns into the Ray finds badass actor of all time memoriam because the rest of this movie that he's in, I mean, he's good so far and he's always been good. I mean, like his scene in Goblet of Fire in the graveyard mm, yeah, is one of like the most all time badass character introductions ever, you know, mm. just, and how he is so perfectly cast, right? Like how he is just, it's like, yes, of course you got one of the greatest actors of all time to play this villain. Like, this makes total sense. Like, yeah. And, I, and I'll say that Ray finds, I'll put him up against just about anybody working today. Like, when he is on there, and, and that's usually every time he's on screen, nobody can touch him. Like, there's no one can touch him. And when he sees Harry emerge, I mean, there's, it's so sinister. Right. And it's almost just like, this is too good to be true, but mm-hmm. it's happening and I'm going to end it. And then, you know, he evodicadovers him. And, and then we see like this giant bolt of just, you know, blankness. And then we end up in the railway station. Um, I don't know if Scribble Shanks was there, um, but we're in the, the the cat of the railway train or anything. <laughs> but, uh, but we're at the railway station. And Skimble, where is Skimble? Where is Skimble? <laughs> I can hear him tip tapping somewhere. Oh boy! <laughs> but then that's when, of course, Harry and and Dumbledore have their moment in this film too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, back to back it up a little. I, I like also to your point about the the three characters that introduced us to this whole story. Uh, that we do get finally get Hagrid in this movie, and he's like tied down in the forest. Oh, that's and he's so, like, you so know, he's witness
1: to it. Too. Oh. That's the thing. He brought Harry to the third. That's the third. Uh, that's the, third. Yeah. Yeah, it's the th- yeah. sort of. It's the. I mean, in a weird way, it's a, it's a, the third. It's like a, it's the triangle. It's like the Deathly Hallows, you know, or whatever. Yeah. It's the third person that is that is so. It's another. It's another. It's it's the last guardian, right? Because then, mm-hmm. like, when when this happens later, and like Harry's body is, is laying... laying. Hagrid he, carrying it. I believe. It's Hagrid carrying yeah. him, just like he did. Oh my Jesus. Um it's 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 like oh my god no I'm not going to cry. Um it's it's like him carrying him as a child when his parents had died only it's him chained up carrying him with his dead body. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's yeah, it, it's
0: really powerful. For for a series that started off so like whimsical and, and full of wonder, you're like, yeah. wow, this has got bleak and dark as shit. It, it's, it's the boy so who lived dark. come to die. It's
1: yeah. like wow, oh, goddamn. Oh. Um and that was all yeah. in the marketing too, and you're just like, Oh shit, that's good. That's yeah. good. You yeah. know. Yeah, so
0: then we get the uh, the the again the Elder Wand stuff going down about about who's the real owner of of it, of it and all that stuff. We get the little baby bloody Voldemort like the little like uh, newborn Voldemort sort of living in Harry's mind. Uh, mm-hmm. kind of the little the same little like uh, Voldemort baby that's thrown in the the cauldron in in Goblet of Fire. It looks like yeah. pretty much
1: yeah.
0: It is like the the little fragment of his soul that's living inside Harry that he made the accidental Horcrux. And then, and then, uh, I love the irony now knowing about what we, what we know about the unnamed author of these, of this, this text, uh, that, that there's a thing that he says, uh, Dumbledore says about how words are an inexhaustible source of magic. He says, help always be given to those who deserve it. Uh, then he says, do not pity the dead, pity the living. And above all those who live without love. And I'm like, Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. So hate is not a good thing is what you're saying, right? Not to hate other
1: people or judge their life decisions. Uh, Way to, way to bring it home. I mean, she, she, she really is screwed up is what we're saying, folks. Like she (laughs) is pretty much. She's, she's off the deep end. Watch as she dives in, you know, she is nice. Far from the shallow now, like good (laughs) Lord lady, like which is a WB property, by the way. Um, So, uh, but uh, no, it's, it's, God, I hate her so much. Um, But going back to this scene with, with Dumbledore, I mean, it is, it's, it's Harry coming sort of with like a, his version of Dumbledore in his head. Right. And, and having the last conversation he's going to have. And, he, you don't really get any answers there. Right. I know. It's very
0: telling you know, that Dumbledore in his head is kind of total a total dick and walks off a, giving him giving Harry some me. riddles. He's like, I don't know. Am I? What? Well, and then the scampers off screen. I, like, am I dude. real?
1: You know, it's like, <laughs> is any of this <laughs> not real? Help at all. Is this the real life or is this just fantasy? You know right. what I mean? It's like, it's like, dude, just answer his question. Like, yeah, not everything's a riddle. You know, you're not the riddler, you're Dumbledore. <laughs> um and so again, wrong d c property yeah another um, WB property. You know, yeah, w v property exactly. yeah d- WV property yes uh, but i mean uh, it's it's just <laughs> but it's it's so frustrating, but it's also very purposeful because it's it's Harry sort of coming to the realization of what he was in this whole thing too. He was a pawn in this as well, mm-hmm. like he has to learn that, and it 's the last lesson it's this like, yeah, you were the last pawn. No one was going to tell you you were the Horcrux. Otherwise, you probably would have killed yourself already by now or something would have happened. And now that you know, it's like, okay, now what are you going to do with the rest of your life? And then, of course, it also brings up the sort of religious undertaking of what this really means. Like, he's the boy wonder. Mm -hmm. He's the chosen one. Uh, He's coming back to life, you know, to to sort of, you know, end evil, the devil, Um, and, you know, the giant Jesus allegory with us, too. Um, but, um, sure. ultimately, and I mean, also to being like carried like by Hagrid, you know, almost like he's being carried like on a cross, um, you know, cause Hagrid's all chained up and everything. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, and he goes to some version of heaven, I guess, or just, you know, in his own mind, cause everything's very white and, and Lily. And then and you see like, just Dumbledore walk off into the distance. um, it is very reflective and it does also feel just like, it feels like it's the place where Harry can find the peace that he needs because when he comes back, he's so supremely confident. Right. And then when it's all over, he's very confident. Right. Cause he's like, yep, yeah, it's done. You know what I mean? I did it. You know, it's not yeah. bragging about it or anything. He's just like, yeah, it's done. And now I have to go live my life. You know what I mean? Like I, I cannot, I mean, <laughs> there's always like the jokes about like I've seen online where it's like, yeah, Harry Potter is probably like the guy in the bar like 40 years later. Like, Remember when I, when I <laughs> killed Voldemort, can I get another It seemed as Can I get another <laughs> beer piece? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's what it feels like. It always feels like that kind of meant. Um But he doesn't feel like that here. He feels very much like a guy that appreciates that he's gotten a second chance to now actually really live a life right. rather than, than his whole life, which is this monocle of celebrity wrapped in with this folklore of and, and, and also grave danger. Um, so, you know, it's, it's almost like, is he the myth or a legend at this point? Right. No, I think he's just a human being right so, Yeah. exactly you know, so no, that's right. what he gets at the end of this conversation it's just like i can go be a human after i go you know kill this son of a bitch you know what i mean like, so.
0: yeah let's let's finish this off let's let's come on tom let's finish this the way we started it together basically yeah. which, which is, is a a little, great and which was all in the trailers and stuff and yeah, yeah. Go ahead.
1: it's a little that is a little awkward like the, the delivery of that like come on tom let's finish this together what is this like you know merchant ivory like, exactly. I mean, like, come on, like, it's,
0: but I love that he calls him Tom. He kind of, he, yeah, you know, like, to get under all his all
1: skin. The, and, all the, and, yeah, yeah. all
0: the myth, which is exactly what Dumbledore did. And, uh, I think, what is it? Order of the Phoenix. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah he does the same thing. He's like, you shouldn't have come I tonight, haven't... Tom.
1: And he's like, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, oh, by, by the represent. way, <laughs> yeah. by, by the way, like, uh, that, uh, the order of the Phoenix has sort of like that, uh, the other day on Twitter, people were talking about like attack of the clones. Mm -hmm. And, like, Attack of the Clones is a bad movie. But, like, the last 20 minutes of Attack of the Clones is, like, the best thing about it, Mm -hmm. right? The last 20 minutes of Order of the Phoenix is the best thing because you have Dumbledore versus Voldemort, which, in the book, it is way longer than what it is in the film. And that's how long it should have been. Like, I should have seen, like, a 30-minute battle between the two greatest forces in the Wizarding World, right? Um, And you sort of kind of get this here. Right with with Harry, yeah, and him, but um, that's what I always wanted. I was like, can I have like the extended cut of just that fight sequence alone, please? Um, <laughs> but uh yeah, and so then, you know, obviously, um we flash back to sort of you know the the real world, right, and they bring Harry's body, and then everybody comes out and then you find. have that
0: yeah i was gonna say you have that great like harry potter yeah. is dead and <laughs>
1: and, <laughs> and now it's your time to join you know what i mean and then i'd love it when neville interrupts him because like he just like like voldemort puts his like finds puts his hand out like oh, i don't want to kill him I don't, and then he's like Oh, okay, Neville. Yes, Neville. We'd all be fascinated to hear what you have to say. And it's mm-hmm. like I want to kill him. I want to kill him. But I'm trying to be peaceful. I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? And giving them a choice first, then I'll kill whoever resists. Yes. And I laugh at it every time because I always laugh at certain sinister, um, you know, uncomfortabilities. Uh-huh. And I think Fines is wonderful in the scene like that is like a if you wanted to I know we could have like everyone was all like push Rickman for supporting actor I was always like you know you could push Ray Fiennes for supporting actor too because he's like he's got that scene like it is mm-hmm. a it's a it's a big scene and he's like the s- sole focus of it right yeah. and um, you know I love that and then sort of Neville getting the sword out Right, because they realize they have to uh, kill the snake, right? Mm-hmm. And, or he's or they don't know that. I think at that point, I don't believe. Um, or our, or maybe they do know that at the point. Do you remember? Do they? Do they know I don't at that point?
0: The order of which? I think headed, they yeah. know that.
1: I think he says it's like the snake, and then it's me, right? Before he goes off, if I'm not mistaken. yeah, That's what says yeah, I it. think so. Um, <clears throat> and then we see sort of Harry come out of. Hagrid's arms like resurrect what a satisfying moment that is by the way there's so many things that happen within that 30 seconds on screen that is like amazing because it's everyone's joyful like befuddlement on the good guy side like Voldemort like what the hell and he's like looking at his wand like does this thing work like you know and then (laughs) the Malfoy is just like splitting out of there because like i know I, a minute I the malfoy stuff before were like uh There's Voldemort asks draco mm-hmm. to come to him right um and they like come to our side draco um is bone chilling right <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's it's it, and then like the the sort of hug that he has to give me is like good boy you know it's it's uh that's also very just like, oh my God, like, you know, he wants to snap his neck so bad. <laughs> um, and uh, so they're like high-telling out there, but so are so many other people, right? Because they're yeah. like, oh my God, like, we can't kill this kid. There's no way. Like, you know, <laughs> get the hell out of here, guys. You know what I mean? And it's 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 quite hysterical to watch all that. Because I, I was watching it again today, and I was just like, oh, those people are, it's like kind of like when, um, you know, everybody's like uh, they're on their team or they're on their side, and then yeah. you realize that like um, like everything that they've ever said about any of that person. Turns out to be wrong, and they're just like running away from all those takes or all those things that they've ever said. You know what I mean? Or Mm -hmm. they run away from their candidate after they lose, uh, you know, an election or whatever that may be. You know, yeah, I I can't imagine that. Can't imagine (laughs) that happening. You know, not or and then of course the ones that stick around are the ones that can't uh, handle the defeat, Um, and and we'll never be able to do that. Um, Wonderful, uh, you know, political allegories. Um, Oh yeah, for sure. nothing, Nothing problematic in that as well. Um but no, it's it then does lead to Voldemort just being extremely pissed and like him going into the castle for the first time since he was uh you know Tom and uh and just like laying waste to the interior decorating. You know? Mm-hmm. Bastard. <laughs> Doesn't That's he know
0: forgivable? Yeah, but or it's
1: also but it's <laughs> it goes back to like don't they, they they had all the wands they could just you know they don't have to build it like just be like yeah you know but, you know and it gets fixed just like Harry if Harry's glasses can get fixed with a wand I'm pretty sure somebody can do it with with like yeah I mean <laughs> they show it don't they show it in like um Fantastic Beasts and where to find it like the whole city of New York gets like destroyed um, in the first, I film, think in, so. And, I blacked so,
0: out. I I've, I've so like blacked out that movie. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So therefore like, they did a spell and everything's rebuilt. So, and that's that in the past. So this is in the present, right? So mm-hmm. yeah. there's a spell to fix all this. So basically like, you know, doing it at Hogwarts is sort of like collateral damage. Like, I mean, like there's no, there's, there's nothing you could, you could burn the whole place to the ground and then like, you know, one spell and you're back when you're back in business and everybody's enrolling in the fall you know (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: it's very possible (laughs) uh i I think it doesn't mcgonagall so mcgonagall does kind of fix everything after snape like pieces out when she takes over the school and she kind of like all the flags come back down or whatever but i wanted to mention i I love that 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 uh that moment when narcissa goes over and on uh over harry's body and it's like draco is he is he alive and then, like you said, once they get Draco, they're like, "We're getting the fuck out of Dodge." Um,
1: that <laughs> I that think Draco, that's like, <laughs> but Draco knows he's he's not dead. You know yeah, I mean? like yeah, like, but he doesn't. But he's but he lies. You know I, I mean?
0: exactly. Yeah. I love and I like that the Malfoys are like, yeah, yeah, we're magic Nazis and all that, and we're down with it. But <laughs> uh, it reaches a certain point where even we're like, yeah, self-preservation.
1: <laughs> uh, um, it's like they drew their line my in the sands. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> to choose my words very carefully. Self preservation trumps whatever this guy's got going on. Uh with Harry Potter. Huh? It's like. Trump's? <laughs> mm, mm, oh, <laughs> uh, nudge, very nudge. good choice of um, words. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so, yeah. So then they, they have the epic fight, and, uh, and Voldemort goes all, all ashy and just explodes at a certain point. Uh, Which I didn't like. Yeah, it's weird. That it's always feels weird the way that happens. They fight, and then all of a sudden he just.
1: Like it evaporates, it's like it happens. <laughs> he didn't even like uh, he didn't like get like a bolt of anything into him. No, like the it's just he basically like dewans him, right? Yeah, and then he's yeah. just like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because they I mean, you know they kill the snake because to... Neville kills the snake. Yeah. Let's yeah. let's let's talk about the real hero of this whole thing, which is Neville killing the snake. Yep, get him the credit. Maybe he's, you know, actually, never mind. Harry's not going to be the dr- guy drunk at the bar. It's going to be Neville. Yeah, he's going to be like, I killed a snake. Give me another beer. You know what I mean? And um, so that's what's going to happen. Yeah, for sure. Who ends up with Luna Lovegood? We didn't. We didn't. We didn't we to yeah, which, to throw that out there. Which also is kind of hinted at at the end, but like, it, yeah. Once again, once again. Not really giving us, you know, the the, the blueprint there, guys. Nope, nope, not um, really. I love Luna like, Lovegood, though. She's a great character. Oh, she's super cool. She's uh, wonderful. Um, <laughs> and the actress who played her was like perfect casting. Like, mm-hmm. just, once again, perfect casting. Um, but no, it's it's. I don't understand it because like in the book, there's like an actual body, right? Like, like the, the body still... Like, you know, if I'm not mistaken, like there's still a body in the like get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Um, because then that's when Cursed Child comes into play. It's it, you know, there's there's still the sort of like there's still the vague hint of like, what if somebody like tried to revive this body and bring it back mummy or mummy return style? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um which is not a Warner Brothers property. Um it's um uh no, but it's so I, I, I didn't understand that. It almost felt like it also didn't explain that like just because you kill the whore cruxes doesn't mean he's dead. You right. know what I mean? It means it he's vulnerable. Him, it means he's extremely vulnerable. And that's where it's like it it didn't like he's gotta just like kill him. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. at that point, like and I guess I just need to see a bolt of Harry's wand go into his. You know, heart, and that's it. Right. Well, there's no heart there, obviously, but um, right. but you know what I mean <laughs> in his body, and then that's it. Because like I mean, they were able to do it with um, with Helena Bottom Carter, um, with uh, with um, Bellatrix, yeah, Bellatrix. Um, so and like dude, that was the same thing, right? They she stunned her, and then she like went full, you know, and then she, <laughs> that's how she. Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So Dad and I always was sitting in the theater going. Wait, did I miss something? Was there was there something cut? Like, did I look up at my watch right. or something? Like, did I? I think that they totally missed that sort of ball there. I guess. Yeah,
0: I maybe I maybe the fact that he's unnaturally prolonged his life for so long, and <laughs> and now is vulnerable. He exerts himself too much, and it's just like oh, crap. I I pushed it. I pushed my my immortality past its bounds, and then just. There's like a slow motion Thanos, just ashes, uh, dustes himself. Spoilers for that movie uh, by the end. But um, but yeah, I, and I, I do like the fact that Harry doesn't die, apparently, according to the mythos, because he's essentially the master of death because he has all three Deathly Hallows in his possession. And to your earlier point, he doesn't really want that power. He doesn't really want to be invincible. So he just like snaps the Elder Wand in half and chucks it into the ocean. Uh, and I, lo- I love the way that he just rejects that. He's like, "Yeah, no, I don't want to do this whole good and evil stuff anymore. Let me just be, you know, be an orar or and uh, and work at the ministry. Once we once we drain the swamp and uh, <laughs> and just you know live a normal life with Ginny and have a bunch of a bunch of kids with co- uh, convoluted names, I guess."
1: Yeah, but then I mean, it ends with him revealing that it the the wand was never Draco's or never Snape's or right. whatever. It was always Harry's, right? Right. And so <laughs> I love Ron and Hermione's reaction when he breaks it, right? And just kind of like chucks it and they're yeah. like, did you did, did he just did? Okay. Yeah. I guess he's the chosen one. He can do whatever the hell he wants. Um, and then, yeah, it ends with the, the epilogue.
0: Yeah. Thoughts on the epilogue. I know it's kind of divisive among some fans. Yeah. People hate this
1: epilogue. It's sweet. Like can I I have can I have the sweetness of this damn series back for like five minutes? You know, I've just watched a bleak two hour and five minute movie. Like I'd like to have five minutes of of like the fact that yeah, the the repercussions of them saving the world means that their family and families after and generations and generations of people and their kids can go on to the same place that they had wonderful experiences and changed their lives. It's a beautiful sentiment.
0: Yeah. And then also, I think so
1: yeah, there is the whole thing with, you know, his kids being named after, you know, you were named after two of the most important people. Okay. Yeah, I get that. But it is also in the film with Ratcliffe and this crew, which I'm glad they didn't do like older actors. I'm glad mm-hmm. that it was just like our actors with a little bit of makeup put onto them, which was fun. Yeah.
0: Ron has, uh, has uh, a little bit of like a beer belly or whatever, yeah, I think, going on. I'm like, yeah, right. but he looks like he's in his late 30s. That sounds about right. A butterbeer be- belly. but yes, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, butterbeer um, is awesome, <laughs> by the way. At least yes. at an Islands of Adventure over here in Florida. Good stuff.
1: Yeah, because you went last week. Right? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm there right R- now. R- you the you're there right now. Where where do you think I've been doing this the whole time? <laughs> yeah. Live uh, from Hogwarts. Ladies live gentlemen. from the room of requiry. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. the great day <laughs> 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 this podcast studio just popped up <laughs> out of nowhere. Oh my God. This Very is convenient. exactly what I wanted out of this room. Uh, the mic was here and everything. Um, <laughs> and what's weird is it knew my passwords. My yeah. Rumor requirements. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, if it knows my credit card, I'm getting out of this room. But anyway, no, it's, 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 a, great, it's a great way to end it. And, it's, and I mean, it, it, it sort of ends, like we said with the rest of this movie and the books and everything, it ends where we began. It, it ends with mm-hmm. a young man going to a place that he's nervous about for the first time in his life and getting to start their adventures only this time that young man is the next generation of Potter. Right. And and it's 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 the it's because of what all we've seen in these eight movies, seven books, that a third generation of Potter can go to Hogwarts. And that's kind of great. And um so I, I think it's a great ending. Um I you know, sometimes it's 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 just nice to end on a good note, you know. Yes, yeah. sort of a sweet note. And also, look, she, she is a terrible person, but she is a good <laughs> writer. And she knows that like deep down, she always wrote these books for right. Her child, right? And that these are children's books. So if I'm gonna give you basically all an adult film, you know, like an or a war film this entire time, I also have to show you that this movie is is still at, at, in this book at its heart. The story is about children. Yeah. I think it's, a, I think it's great. I don't know what you think about it, Rob.
0: No, I agree. I, I always liked the the epilogue. I don't really a hundred percent buy into the, whatever backlash there is because I don't know, the characters don't necessarily look like they're in their thirties to some people or whatever. It's like, who cares? I, I think like you said, I love that it brings it back around to where we started. It, it, it ends on a no, note of hope and, you know, the whole point of it is that life goes on and there'll be dark times, but, you know, it's worth fighting for and persisting through it to, you know, to build a better, it's cheesy, but to build a better world for your children kind of thing. And I, and I love that that element of it as well, just that it implies there are other adventures, hopefully not as dark and depressing as the one you just witnessed, but there are other adventures to come and the, the wizarding world goes on and you know, uh, maybe no one really wanted <laughs> that in the form of the Fantastic Beasts movies or the Cursed Child. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that it, it's it it puts a it ends the series on a nice uh, ellipsis, kind of implying that there are other other things to come. So um, is there anything somehow about Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows part two we haven't talked about, Ryan, that you wanted to make sure we get to before we start wrapping up?
1: Oh my god, I, whew, um, I think
0: we did pretty thorough. It's not even that long a movie, like we said, comparatively. <laughs>
1: no, It's not, and yet uh, I'm just trying to think real quick. I, I think we've covered it all. Um, yeah, I would mean, you want anything
0: else from this franchise? Like, obviously, Fantastic Beasts are kind of whatever, but would you <laughs> want them to do, you know, now that it's been 10 years, like in a few years, do uh, Albus Severus is in Hogwarts? What? Um, <laughs> Uh, Or you're kind of like, yeah, let's just leave
1: it alone. I would like them to do the curse job with the cast. You what? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because I I know a lot of
0: fans also don't like that either. Now, no, but I was
1: sort of what I referenced. But but here's, but here's what I'll do. I'm not having her write the screenplay.
0: Well, she shouldn't be. She's not a good screenwriter. She 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 shouldn't be writing
1: screenplays. I think. I think if if that's the case, because I know Warner Brothers is going to want to get into this franchise as much as possible, and it does. It's like. it's like I've always said, like I I don't think this, it was actually the end of the Skywalker saga last year, because I think they'll mm-hmm. come back in ten years with Ray or something and you know, a boatload of cash. because uh, the like, word on the street is that Ray is technically a Skywalker
0: by the end of that. So it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the end of the Skywalker saga, but we will end it with another did it really? like, but I'm still a Skywalker. Did it really end um yeah, yeah. you know
1: we're all Skywalker, uh even Brute right. Kid. <laughs> R.I.P. Broom Kid in that series. Uh, <laughs> R.I.P. I mean we don't know what happened to Broom <laughs> well, Kid. It's, I'm am pretty ar- sure. I'm well. I, all I can tell you is J.J. Abrams didn't want to use him. That's for sure. No, yeah, that's for uh, <laughs> So, um, but no, I, I think I would like to see. Yeah, I think I would. I would be okay with a continuation. Um, maybe it's not Kershaw. Maybe, <laughs> maybe they just go sort of ditch that um, and sort of throw it out. But I. If I did see it, I would want it from the perspective of the the children. Yes, I think mm-hmm. that that's at least you know where Rowling went correct with the um with the the with the the book or the screenplay or whatever the hell you want to call the thing mm-hmm. is that she is that she she focused it on those children, which is the right thing to do. I think she completely shat the bed uh, with uh, Draco. Uh, the entire and like in and, and sort of what and how interesting of a character he could be when he's older. Right? right. And so I think that that's where you bring somebody in, you tweak it up a little bit. Um at this point it's basically Warner Brothers property and then you do whatever the hell they want with it. Um and I mean, you know, I think at I, I think at a certain point these it would yeah, I'm I'm telling you if they ever did it and brought back the original cast or at least most of the original casts Like it would, it would destroy at the box office. Like, forget about it. Like, they would make two to three billion dollars. Like, it would Mm be insane. Like the amount of money it would make because of the fact that, like, this is what franchises should do: is is take a deep breath, take a step back, not make everything all at once. Um, You know, that's why I think Star Wars. you know, had a little bit of a a problem with its new season or new series was because they were making one every year. Mm -hmm. And even with the prequels, like those were every three years because Lucas was still making them and they had the full story. And I'm not a fan of uh, those movies, Uh, but at least it was planned out and thought out. And so I like it when franchises take a deep breath, they come back every two to three years or whatever. This is like 10 years Mm -hmm. at this point.
0: Well, so. unless you count the Fantastic Beasts again, I feel like that's that's what the thing with a lot about? of these f- What movies. <laughs> yeah, right. That's yeah, the thing with these fantasy got, series is that like, they like, keep Rob, going. Are you, you
1: going to cover the Fantastic Beasts movies? Hell no. Well, I then don't then even, therefore, I, they, therefore, I, they don't count. Like nobody, counts I don't them. think they count.
0: But Warner Brothers is using those to keep this IP alive. That's, like that's I said, like
1: I said, it is every no, every other November, like Warner Brothers just sits back and says, "You want to blow hundred million dollars." just in the month of November and see if we make our money back. Let's do an interesting experiment. Are people interested in the Harry Potter franchise without Harry Potter? I don't think so. Like, I mean, the crimes of Grindelwald, (laughs) one of the worst movies of all time. Like It's it's so
0: bad. I still haven't even seen it. So is really, you sat through it.
1: Yeah, well, I didn't pay for it. It was on HBO. Well, I right,
0: it's it. on HBO Max. And honestly, <laughs> after, uh, doing this uh, this series of episodes, I'm kind of been tempted to. Should I just
1: throw it on and be like, "Wow, it's not it's, interested." I'm telling you, that like the first Fantastic Beasts. It's fine. It's like it's a, not yeah, a bad movie. Yeah. It's 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 you know it's it was fine the first time I saw it, and then I saw it the second time. I was like, this isn't as great as the first time I watched it, but it's still fun. Like there's yeah. fun stuff in it. Um, and yeah, the second one just is like, not, not good. Is that, a, is that, a, is that's the best review I think I can give it is not, not good. It's also um,
0: the most common review. I think it, too. it
1: has the stupidest ending to a movie I've seen in a long time. And that includes Judy Dench talking to me with her wedding ring on her hand in cats. Like, <laughs> well, you didn't you didn't know that a cat is not a dog? I mean, we all
0: learn how. That was a lesson we all had to learn. So yeah. it's just like one of those mind-blowing moments. Where you're sitting in
1: the theater and you're like, a cat is not a dog. Damn. Oh, damn. Never thought I, of it that way. <laughs> I never compute I never computed that in my brain. So, no, but yeah, I mean, don't watch them or watch them. Either way. I mean, if you have HBO Max, I mean, yeah. I do. You might as well just I mean, it's two hours. You're know, like editing something or writing. That feels like background. I was gonna
0: say. It feels like the perfect thing to put on in the background. Be writing something like some of us. Oh, some of us Johnny put Depp on
1: reruns it. of of Seinfeld and Friends. You you put yeah. on the Grinds of Grindelwald. You <laughs> know what I mean? And the ultimate <laughs> crime, curiosity. He Max has my money already. Anyway, so it's not the like ultimate I'm crime of that of that movie is that now Johnny Depp doesn't have a career anymore. So like, yeah, that's, that'll be the last thing we ever see of him in that true capacity. So, and you know what? the punishment fits the crime, so. <laughs> well, I think the interesting thing with this
0: franchise is that now they're Warner brothers is kind of stuck with, uh, what's she, who must not be named wanting to make all like five of these things. Oh and God. they're like, how do we get out of this and, and, and not piss her off too much? Cause we want to keep making Harry Potter stuff. Just not this crap. It's cause you know, now I feel like they're just like on waiting, like biding their time till they can, figure out how to resolve this. Hopefully not with five movies because that's ridiculous. Um, but uh, yeah, they're just kind of like stuck in a holding pattern, I think until they can get around to exactly what you're talking about, which is picking up this timeline, this continuity with these characters and these actors.
1: You know, I've heard the the, the rumors that they would sort of reboot it and redo the entire series and like a, in, in a TV format and if they mm. did that, I mean, I just would just. I kind of like it, but then I'm also like, it. Th- these people that play these characters are now what I think of when I think of Harry Potter, and right. it's not even ten years old. Mm-hmm. Like i you know, like, like I'm, you know, you know, I've got a the hoodie I'm wearing right now is is older than this this franchise. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Yeah. Like <laughs> and it'll probably last and it's in it's still in good shape. Um, but no, it's it, it it's too soon for that, any of that talk. And I mean, so you either continue it or you yeah, you have to do more <sighs> Fantastic Beast films or something like that. I, I guess I would say this if they're going to do some sort of continuation of Cursed Child or or if they're gonna do another Harry Potter movie, they're gonna have to plan it out. Like mm-hmm. actually, like Maybe write out two or three scripts, write out a trilogy, and then t- take it over time, and then figure out how they're going to get those actors back, like a dump truck full of money, like a ridiculous amount of money, like because you just know that Daniel Radcliffe doesn't want to do it anymore. Like you just, you feel like Rupert Grint would be like, sign me up. When <laughs> are we goodness. going? I've been waiting. Um, I'm still yeah, scared I mean, of spiders. Been, I can still I th- I thought we were. Yeah. I thought we were doing up you know, the the ninth <laughs> film last year. You know what I mean? Um yeah. and Emma Watson, her quota would be high, but I think the real tough one to get will be Ratliff because of the yeah. fact that, you know, he's he's very much just doing his own thing now. And I think he yeah. he's trying to very much be away from this franchise as, as much as possible. Given his comments also about uh she's not be named as well. right? So, yeah, I mean, exactly. You know, it brings, it brings sort of an interesting circle of life.
0: Yeah. I could see HBO max doing something like what Amazon is doing with Lord of the Rings, which is yeah. having sort of a, a series set in that world, but not overlapping with the, uh, you know, with the actual film franchise. Uh, I could see something like that happen down the line perhaps, but how would that pick up from after these movies or would it be set in a different period entirely? Who the hell we'll knows? Never know. We'll never know. Oh, I'm pretty sure we'll know about five yeah, well, years. I'm sure yeah, something like that happens
1: due to this pandemic. We will, we will know because they will, they every IP that you ever have experienced in your life that made money will come back in your life and you will yeah. all see it because you all miss the theater and, and, and small films will die, um, which is sad. So yeah. What a well, note to end great. on. Yeah, know, yeah, no, seriously. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Ryan McQuaid, can you tell people where they can find you on social media?
1: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at Ryan McQuaid 77. Like I said, you can find my work over at in sessionfilm.com, uh, and then over at awards, watch awards, radar film speak. Um, you know, just in, you know, various other places that I'm guesting on and uh, thank you Robert so much again for having me on I, I, I love this I'm glad that this cursed episode is going to be done it's going to be released <laughs> and uh, and now uh, the, the curse is gone and we can all you know watch our kids go off to Hogwarts exactly exactly and I think it sounds like we're going to have to
0: bring you back on here to talk about Lord of the Rings though at some point so we'll have to figure Let's out do how it! We'll have to figure out how to make that work. Would you make, would you make me talk about the Hobbit films as well, or can we just focus on the the, the, the Legit Rings trilogy?
1: Wait, we shall see.
0: Oh, boy. All right. What to be tease. continued, folks. What a
1: tease.
0: <laughs> All right. Thank you, Ryan, for coming on. This is a blast.
1: Thank you so much, sir. This has been a production of CrookedTable.com. All rights reserved. <laughs> G-R-O-K-E-D. <laughs> G-R-O-K-E-D. <laughs> G-R-O-K-E-D. <laughs>